Hi, I'm Dave, and you're listening to Making Problems to Solve, the podcast about curiosity, creativity, and problem solving. Today, I'm talking to Luke and Priscilla Smith. Uh, they build creative projects of every kind in their workshop and studio, and they help build the maker community with their, and they make an uh, Instagram account and a popular month of prompts called May for Makers. How are you doing? We're doing good. Good. Oh, We're coming up with the prompts for May for Makers 2023. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> Can't wait to see uh, what happens. It's always fun. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing, you know, just started as this cool idea and it's blown up into something really awesome to connect the makers in this community and even people that maybe don't consider themselves makers and are just discovering this community to help them feel involved just by putting stuff out there that, you know, maybe they wouldn't have thought of sharing before and just new stuff. So it's cool. I was going to say, I appreciate um, your highlighting and they make because I feel like ever since I gave birth and we had Lily, haven't had as much time to, you know, build and grow it. Like I pat myself on the back for at least, you know, meeting these two to three posts a month versus when I was like so actively had lineups. We did the make at eight interviews live with these different artists from all over the world. So it was really was a, I felt like a little setback, but in my mind, maybe it was a hurdle to others, you know, maybe didn't even notice at all. So that's one of my 2023 goals is to keep it growing and flowing. Yeah. A lot happened in 2022 for the Smith family. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So basically, um, I usually like to go back into ancient history and uh, find out a little bit about how you guys got started. So um do you did you guys have uh creative uh influences in your family when you were growing up i definitely did yeah i am one of nine i was homeschooled and so that kind of education approach montessori like was all about practical skills and we weren't allowed to watch tv much so we resorted to coming up with um, creative avenues for expressing ourselves and no way that you know no other way so we my sisters and I we all play um, different instruments and uh, drawing painting all of that came from uh, my parents kind of I don't want to say pushing but like the influence so that we always had activities to perform and engage in hands-on versus watching TV or anything like that. Um, that was huge in my family and my upbringing. And then on my side of things, I would say not so much of creative uh, influence. My mother was is an artist. She went to school at Syracuse University for illustration. And, you know, she's painted, drawn for you know, as long as I can remember, obviously her, you know, her whole life, uh, on my dad's side, he, you know, he's a business guy. He was in mortgage industry, uh, and he didn't do too many things hands-on, but definitely artist mindset influence from my mom. And, you know, I remember at an early age, her giving me art lessons and drawing different things. Uh, but it wasn't, 
super, I would say like building, making things hands-on, like physical, tangible objects. That came for me later in life, more towards when I was in college, early years of college. It was actually my younger brother that kind of got me into it. He was just interested in doing some woodworking stuff. And when he had his first job, spent like his first paychecks on getting some woodworking tools, like a table saw and a bandsaw. And when I would come home over breaks, I would try to make stuff with him. And I thought it was really cool and to pass time. And when I was have, when I had some time in between classes, I would watch YouTube videos and see different makers creating stuff. I mean, Jimmy Duresta obviously is a big influence to a lot of people in this community, but he was one of the first makers I came across. And anytime I saw something he was doing, just a build project, I got this inspiration. Like, I want to try doing that. That looks so awesome. That looks so cool. I know I have an artistic side in me and I want to explore that further. Uh, the only kind of holdback on that for me was my school curriculum. I went to school for a civil engineering degree and I played golf. So my time was, you know, spent mostly doing those things and didn't find too much time on the side to create. And I was living in a dorm, so I didn't really have a space to do anything. Right. No workshop. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's cool. Uh, first of all, did any your parents play any instruments or do any art themselves? Or Yeah, my mom actually took a lot of um, painting courses at a local community college in Syracuse. And both my parents played instrument. They actually both played clarinet, which is funny. That's why I ended up doing it. But also because I was raised in a very religious family, music is was very prevalent, you know, with like part of the worship and different things like that um sure so yeah and again other other adult figures and mentors in my life as i grew up you know in my early teens and then later into college too definitely continued to have that same influence sure did you guys have a shop class like in middle school or high school yeah we did i had it in middle school never forget I loved it, um, but then when it, you when we went to high school, we had to kind of pick and choose. Um, when we were in middle school, so Luke and I actually went to the same high school. We were in the same school district. We went to separate middle schools. We had the option to take studio art, which added to your in eighth grade. If you took it, you it qualified. It met that requirement that you had in high school that you had to take, right? Okay. So. I, I took that and I chose to take the art route um, so that when I went into high school, I continued taking those courses. Um, and then I will hand it over to Luke because he actually got to take some other different courses in high school that were not art related. Yeah. So like Syl was saying, I, in middle school, took like a shop class, the technology class, they called it. And we did some woodworking projects, which is pretty cool. Like I think one of them was making a CO2 powered like little car that you'd send down a track. Right. And that's like my really first exposure to using tools like a bandsaw and, you know, different hand tools and stuff like that. Um, and at the same time, I, like Priscilla said, took 
a studio art class in eighth grade. And, you know, I was in between those two worlds, I guess you'd call it, of making things tangible, you know, out of wood and then doing that drawing and painting type artwork. And when I, uh, when I went to high school, my freshman year, I was in the drawing and painting one class. And that's actually when I met Priscilla. And it's just so funny. (laughs) The first day of class, I was like this good student. I showed up on time. And then this girl strolls in a little late and comes up and sits next to me at my table and introduces introduces herself. Hi, I'm Priscilla. And I mean, just from there, a crush developed for sure. And it <laughs> but kinda, not in shop class. That was art class. Yeah. So that almost transitioned me to wanting to do art more because I wanted to have class with this girl <laughs> <laughs> and impress her. <laughs> right. So, you know, in our school, they're like Priscilla was saying, there's electives that you could choose. And I almost, I feel like stayed in the middle. Like I took some of those technology engineering driven courses, but also did the art courses as well. Luke, when you went to engineering school, that was influenced from what you did in high school or what made you go that direction? Kind of. um, A lot of influence for me stemmed from my family, who was a very golf oriented family. Like everybody in my family played the sport of golf and start before high school even started is when I really got serious playing competitively. And I knew when I was going into high school, I wanted to be on the golf team and do that. And as a young kid, it was a dream of mine. And I'm sure a lot of people that play that sport to be professional. And that was obviously a long shot, but I tried to combine my love of the game with the artistic side of me and thought of the idea of going into a career of golf course architecture. And Mm -hmm. when it came time to decide on a college, I wanted to, again, play on the team that they had. And the school I chose, I knew I would have ample playing time compared, you know, for my skill level, where I was at, I couldn't go play at one of those top-notch schools for golf. I would be maybe on the team, but not playing much. I would be on the bench, uh, so to say. Um, So I chose a school that I knew that I was going to get time on the course, and they didn't have a golf course architecture program exactly, but I considered what does golf course architecture consist of And civil engineering, the environmental side, I knew was kind of a big thing. So that's why I chose to do a civil engineering major. And um, it just kind of, I would say at this point in time, looking back, pigeonholed me in a few ways. Like right now, I'm working a civil engineering job full time. And I wouldn't say I love it and it's my passion. It's, you know what I do to put food on the table, but I definitely am glad that I went through all those different type of classes and engineering because it molded my mind in a way to think like an engineer, to problem solve like that. You know, as an engineer, 
you have to come up with solutions and think of things and, you know, critical thinking and all that. So it definitely helped me, I guess, further my love for making things because a huge part of that is the problem solving. Yep. That's kind of what I was going to ask you <laughs> next was about problem solving. And you kind of, you, you answered that question for sure. Um, and after you did that with the engineering, you learned problem solving. Um, where did you like right now you make every different kind of thing, right? So you're, you're, you haven't decided like, Oh, this is, I just like woodworking or metalworking, but you are more interested just in the process of, making anything yeah persona and i were talking about this the other night actually in the sense of like what is it exactly that we do like businesses pick one thing and they run with that and that's what they do for me and i feel like for us i'm not going to speak for her but it's that artistic side of wanting to explore and try different things so you know, in in terms of my personal like making, I don't want to say career, but in when I got into that type of thing, um, it's all it's almost like it's relatively new. It's within the past maybe six seven years that I've been really getting hands on and trying to make things, starting with stuff for our house as most people do, and then exploring different stuff. So it's almost like I'm trying to still figure out what it is that I really love. And it's, it's tough because I love it all. Like I love making things with wood and doing sign making and furniture making, and then also with forging, but forging definitely and metalworking in general fabrication has become something that's really, really a passionate thing for me because compared to woodworking where Things have to be so specific, you know, intolerances to have something square, but metalworking, it's a lot more freeform and can be organic to kind of just bring something that's in your mind to life. And if you miss by a couple inches, that's okay. I feel like something that is important to note, side note for listeners that have a little background context, is P.L. Smith, right? Before that was born, we were separate, you know, individuals making. He had a shop, he had Smitty Woodshop account, and I had Priscilla Palmieri doing my artwork, showing in different galleries, you know, submitting, selling work in that, in that art world, I'll say, which I know you can relate to. Um, and when we decided to come together, it was because we found, we tried to find what we had in common that worked, which happened to fall in a lot of different small businesses that we came into counter with when we first moved to Long Island. Um, so I actually, I did a lot of murals. That's what I was, I don't want to say known for, but I was really active and, you know, got paid and did a like people sought out, they found me online for murals and a lot of businesses on Long Island, they love that. They really support artists there in the community. And Luke was building, right? So he would make builds for those places, whether it was, you know, shelves or, you know, tabletop, you know, whatever that business needed and we would combine it. So the two of us would come in and we'd work together, right? And we over, I don't know, was it like 
a few over like a few months after just before that year we were saying like hey look like we're working together we're doing these things we've got to we've got to make a business we have to call it something right because we're doing separate things that are both creative but let's put it into one idea so i really appreciate how you said we make everything but then you were you know leading in and commenting how luke has this passion for the process it wasn't just about one thing and i think that's what sets us apart but that background might help some people who might not quite understand if that makes sense no that's good thanks because i didn't really uh discuss that and i didn't know all of that that you guys were kind of working together like helping people decorate their spaces either with a mural or furniture that's pretty cool so that that probably happened maybe a little bit before I met you exactly. guys. Or I'm not sure. Or <laughs> that's cool. No, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that was in like 2017. You know, when we in 2016 is when we moved to Long Island, and within that year or two, we met a lot of people with small businesses around the area, and some of them were kind of just getting their spaces up and running, and. You know, we developed a friendship with them and they wanted Priscilla to do, like she said, a mural. And then they wanted uh, some of these little carts for holding things. And I built them for them. And and then the next business was like, oh, we saw that you did that for that business. I have. So that was like there was a salon and then there was a bar restaurant and then there was another. So it was kind of cool. You know, we were doing that for a couple of years, just right by all, but by not. Like we didn't have an Instagram account showing yeah, what we were doing. It was separate Instagram. Yeah, accounts. it was really so. You know, that's what we oh, always talked about. Too bad y'all didn't know us back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the OG people are there. They know, <laughs> but yeah, it was you know a like Silla said, it, it was a dream of ours to combine the two and really have a business together that does kind of whatever any anybody would want the business side of it of commissions and making things is we try to um bring to life what somebody has in mind whether it is yeah. wood or metal or something on the cnc just along the way as we've grown and built out a shop down on long island uh that was kind of the next step, like what do we want to do next and figure out? Well, actually, the reason why that other stuff came to a halt was because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So when we first actually, you know, I spent months on the website before we launched our business. Uh, main part of our service was that, helping you build your business. I build mm-hmm. websites. I do logos. I would help them with their stationery and their social media. But mm-hmm. you don't see on our Instagram page that PL Smith helped you build your brand outside and inside, right? So that came to a halt. That actually never happened because of COVID. You know, we, we know. had all these plans, yeah. you know, every, all that was built. I mean, if you went on the website way back when too, there were links. It was so cool. These restaurants that we helped build, they were in major publications on Long Island. Mm-hmm. They were interviewed. My oh, mural neat. was like behind the woman that was being interviewed on TV. Like it was really cool. Um, and that's what P.L. Smith started out as and then you know after covid it was like okay we're stuck in, inside and we started doing more of our what we did together inside so yeah. that's how it kind of evolved and also okay. from 
Priscilla's background of being a teacher, when we started PL Smith, one of the big things we wanted to do was like hold classes and teach people how to do things. And at the time when PL Smith was created, that was after Mar- the, it was March 2020. Yeah, that was after the point that I was gotten into metalworking, and that just was another um, another discipline that I felt like I wanted to teach. And obviously, at that point, I haven't mastered the craft in any way, and obviously, still haven't. But knew enough of the basics where if somebody that's never swung a hammer on hot metal could kind of guide them in a way to get to something. And I wanted to teach painting and drawing classes out of my studio. You know, it was like a mini PL Smith maker camp over at our crib. (laughs) (laughs) But it never, like it never got to happen because COVID just plummeted. Yeah. And that's also what led to May for Maker starting because of the, you know, everyone feeling that pressure and that, I mean, I would say negativity of the everyday. Trapped at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The world. So, you know. Locked down. Depressing. We, yeah, it was hard. So we, that's why we came up with it to kind of help other creative people like ourselves, you know, stay motivated and find some positive inspiration and in how to keep doing what we love. Yeah, that was definitely like important for me, you know, and I know a lot of people who I met a lot of new people through that. Um, so it was really a great, you know, way to build the community and learn about more people who are making really cool stuff, you know, and I think people really, really glad that's how every year. Yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah, that, that is how you us and you have met. It's, you know, right. it's such a cool thing that the way it's grown and brought people together, bringing people together was the number one goal of it. Mm-hmm. And to see that it has is really just special to us. Yeah. Cause I'm just, if I think about like a lot of the, you know, people that I became friends with online is a lot of the people I first discovered through May for makers. So it's really interesting. That's awesome. See, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, that's why, yeah, it's cool. And that's why I promote that. Plus, you know, a lot of just every different way, because I've, you know, built the community in so many different ways through Maker Camp. And um, there's just a lot of different, uh, different, small, you know, different groups that come together and, you know, share Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's great to, to meet people, you know, through all those different ways. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even matter what your background is or what you make. It's the fact that you're creative in some way that you can share it with others and create a friendship relationship through that. That's actually why we, um, or how we came up with and they make is I said, you know, to Luke, I'm like, I want made for makers, something just like that, but never ending like it's always there mm-hmm. it's existing it's a hub it's a place that keeps that attitude and spirit alive and so i guess it was exactly one year after yeah exactly one year after we started pl smith yeah and they make rolled out mm-hmm. okay yeah it, that is a great place and they make where you know you can you know, use the community that you built up through May for Makers and 
you know, everything else and highlight different people who might not be people might not know about. And yeah, that's another great way to learn, build a community. And what's cool about it that maybe people don't know, or maybe I should be out, not advertising, but like pushing, putting it out there more is that Mm -hmm. if you scroll through the highlights, I'm I'm sure you're familiar, but maybe uh, any other listeners, it's not just 3D and 2D. I mean, there's videography, photographers, electricians, machinists. There's a, that's way beyond what Made for Makers met or reached in that year, I believe. So, and they make has expanded beyond. Right. I mean, that's a big uh, theme of my podcast here is is that you know all those different people who are doing whatever sewing or welding or you know, any kind of thing where you're using like, yeah, your creativity to solve problems and, you know, using that to as a way to interact with the world, you know, and how you. We've had a lot of problems, Dave. <laughs> We've had a lot of problems with our business. <laughs> yeah. as a reason, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Our story just comes out of, out of that. Yeah, I mean, right now in our life, a lot of things, like I was saying, have changed this year. So it's definitely solving those problems. The problem of how do we be parents is <laughs> a big thing. Just figuring, yeah, figuring that out on the job. It's you know, it's more like navigating. Yeah, right. Because you can't really solve something that's always changing. That's very it's true. It's like a matrix. She's she's growing constantly. We have a brand new home. Okay, that's yeah. different. Um, so it's constantly navigating these different things. Like we're in a labyrinth and it's fun. And especially if mm-hmm. you're someone that likes solving problems, it never ends. So it's, we're busy in a great way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I, I talked about that a little bit on one episode where we're like, how do these, how do people, you know, just turn their, their creativity, like into their career, their whole life. And it's like, one of the caveats was I was like, okay, these are the people I'm talking to don't have kids, you know, so <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. it a lot different than, uh, you know, a lot of us who, you know, who have a family, you know, so you're spending, a, you know, most of your time is on that, on your family. And then the creativity mm-hmm. comes after that. Something that I noticed and I, well, no, I knew, but I didn't notice until I became a parent was all the makers that, you know, we love. And I'm, I'm going to repeat what you said. A lot of them I met through Made for Makers. And I won't name anyone specifically, but there's a lot of, there's a handful who have kids and families that I just knew from watching stories, maybe here or there, but they didn't really share it. They mm-hmm. only on their page is what they make, how they make and what they're working on right now in their shop. And that's all I knew, but I knew they had kids. And so when we had Lily, I was like, shit, please share more. <laughs> like, I was like, I love you. I love the shit you make. It's fucking awesome. Like, again, I don't want to like pinpoint anyone specifically because, but I'm just going to say like, man, like, yes, we're makers. I know there's a whole nother community online for parents and parenthood, but I feel like it's that whole nother level that you can connect and maybe not, of course, would you not choose on your business account or such, but outside conversation or at maker camp, it's like, Hey, you know, I love the stuff you do. I've been following you forever. Now, you know, I'm a mom too. Let's sit down. I have a lot of questions. (laughs) And it just helps you understand 
how, you know, because every parent is different too. We have to navigate similar things and choose the way that we're going to do that. It, it, like you said, it crosses over with how you choose to navigate your creative path. You know, like Luke said, right. feeling like he was pigeonholed, right? Or, and some people might look at parenthood that way, you know, like, eh, stop there, like can't. And then versus someone else that's like, hell yeah, I have kids. I'm going to start making bibs. I'm going to sew little baby kid dresses. You know, like everyone's going to take it a different <laughs> way. So it's cool in that sense. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I was told by a guy I work with, and I always try to keep in mind is, they're not babies forever. You know, right now yeah. they require a lot of attention and a lot of caring for. So that definitely does take away from shop time or whatever that you may want to be working on. But as they get older, it's something that you can share with them. And that's what I look forward to so much is yeah, offering our daughter the opportunity to try these different things. Like that's another reason why maybe I don't stick to exactly one type of making, you know, it, when I was growing up, I played so many different sports. I played basketball and then baseball and golf and lacrosse. And it was kind of diving into the different things and figuring out what I liked. And obviously he didn't like any of those. <laughs> hey, hey, I still like golf. Just go. Okay. Yeah. I try to play that a lot. Still, I'm joking. Between work, making, and a baby now, it becomes a little more difficult. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just course. as time gets, as time goes forward, we're definitely looking forward to uh, to showing Lily what you can make and different things. Like I was saying before, how I didn't have a huge influence of using my hands to make tangible things. Um, it's just something I want to show our daughter that's out there and she can try different things. At Maker Camp, I came across a few people I was having similar conversations. I noticed about how there's this new, like we happen to be an open public young couple with a new young child right now, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just had a you know, like a few couple people we met that are also expecting or had just, you know, had kids little babies mm -hmm. and so it was kind of cool about how there's going to be this like new young generation of makers like yeah. they just so happen <laughs> to be like a handful of us that you know just had kids and it's kind of like it's really awesome that we have the power to play a, uh, and have a large influence whereas or just like, inspiration like, well like mm -hmm. luke was saying you know his upbringing was much different right and as all of ours are but having how the maker community has grown specifically through social media by allowing to offer that advice and support about parenthood. I foresee the future generations of creative engineers and artists to be a lot different, you know, more, hopefully more relevant and prevalent. Yeah. If you think about that, right. Cause a lot of the people, if we talk about who are, you know, either have kids or they're older, you know, like me. And, you know, not everybody had that experience growing up of having that exposure to that creativity and, you know, just being able to, you know, go figure things out, right, for yourself. Um, and now all that whole, you know, community of makers is having kids. And <laughs> so they're, yeah. all of their kids will have that experience and have, like, have that 
you know, the example of the curiosity and problem solving and just like being able to, you know, learn new things and figure things out. Absolutely. And just even the resource, you know, think about how long has YouTube been out? Has it been 15 years? If that, you know, yeah, something like that. The amount of, the amount of information that you can get from that is just incredible. You can learn so much from watching videos and then trying it yourself. Obviously, hands-on doing something is the best teacher that's out there, but it can just be that spark for somebody to go and try that. And when I was growing up, it wasn't around. So I didn't know what was even out there. you know or how to approach it so with the kids growing up now with just the technology and everything that's at their disposal literally will be in their pockets and i say will be because our daughter is not going to have a phone for a while but it's something (laughs) every parent at first well she's only 10 months so it's a little bit to go but it's just (laughs) there is so much that this generation has just been thrown into that who knows even from 10 15 years from now what will be out there you know to help spark their imagination and inspire and educate them so you know it's just a really cool thing to be a part of and see it develop every day you know it's like when you become a parent and i know many listeners that are the day-to-day changes are just incredible I mean, it's crazy to see how fast this young little life develops new things, develops new skills and develops their personality further. Um, It's just a lot of fun. And I mean, you might not be changing diapers still, Dave, you know, those good old days, Uh (laughs) but you're definitely have navigated through, you know, something different that we'll eventually get to. Yeah. At some point, you know. Oh. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's still it's not it doesn't stop, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even though, you know, my kids are older and, you know, but they still, you know, are still learning new things and, you know, you still have mm-hmm. a way to share that with them, you know. So that's Absolutely. pretty cool. And it it's interesting too because you guys have built, you know, you've built, you know, the online community, but you've also been able to have a, you know, in-person maker community also, so it'd be great to see, you know, that you know, Lily will have, you know, access to those people too, you know, and be able to see people actually, you know, exploring that creativity in different ways. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Maker Camp, I would say, is something that has been life-changing for a lot of different reasons. And I've told Austin this, and for those of you that don't know, Austin Handel is the guy behind maker camp it was his idea his family owns the blackthorn and he wanted a event to bring like-minded people together and has overly succeeded with it and we went to the first one back in 2019 and at that point pl smith wasn't around it was when we were doing our individual things that priscilla was talking about before and at that time I didn't even consider myself to be a maker. I didn't know what that even meant or I felt like that wasn't where I was at or who I I couldn't say that I was a maker because I didn't have 
the repertoire that others did. And um, I remember vividly meeting Patrick Reynolds and hanging out with him by a fire and telling him these things. And, you know, I don't feel like I am a maker or stuff like that. And he definitely changed my life just by talking and making me actually feel like I did belong in this community and that I was a part of this community. And it just ignited that spark, I would definitely say. That's cool. Um, yeah, Patrick's a, a great a person for that, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he sometimes says like he's not necessarily a maker because he's an electrician and he does, but he has so such a wide experience of mm-hmm. different things. And he is, has this, mindset of the person who you know is curious and he's still learning new things even now you know he's retired and he's still learning new things and is willing to share that information with other people and it's interesting Mm -hmm. i think anybody you meet at maker camp if you walk up and you say i'm not a maker for you know after five minutes they'll be able to convince you that you are (laughs) no for sure yeah, because uh, being a maker is more not necessarily about like what you make, but how you again, like how you approach that idea of learning new things and you know building that confidence of how how to figure things out, right? So, you know, you mm-hmm. don't, you know, you your brother bought a table saw and you're like, okay, we can probably figure out how to make furniture, <laughs> and then you know, yeah. and then you're and you're building building you know uh, things for commercial clients and restaurants and that. It's like, how did you get from, you know, not knowing anything to having the confidence to do that? So, yeah, I mean, it, like I was talking about before is YouTube and it just was a place where I would spend free time and just not only learn or I wouldn't say learn, but I would witness others like doing different techniques that I just wanted to go and try. And that's, you know, from there is where, you know, I went and tried to do it and got the experience yep. doing it and then just tried to bring it to the next level. Uh, the art of craftsmanship mm-hmm. put out a video yes. that they did where they went around maker camp and they asked different makers what it means to be a maker. Mm-hmm. And it was really awesome to hear everybody's um, different answers. Problem solving wasn't a lot of them. And then others were a little more vast. I noticed that a couple other, how I'm putting in quotation, air quotations right now for listeners, artists, like the fine artists. I love that, that discussion of making versus art but i noticed that a lot of them had similar answers like they stuck out a little different that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) topic to come about but it was cool you know to see the different answers and then to see the different people that i would say like cross communities i guess yeah right and the answers well that's it right yeah the maker community is this broad thing that encompasses like all these different people who come together because you know they have this similar mindset about like and again i think it's uh like their willingness and curiosity to like learn everything (laughs) you know and yeah and they also want to like share that information with other people and that's a big thing yeah 
Yeah, which is completely different than an artist in their studio submitting their work to galleries for people to go stand around, have wine and cheese and stare at and hopefully sell for, you know, a few thousand, right? It's a totally different community where I expressed to Luke my not feeling fitting into the maker community at all. Coming with my, you know, background. Like, yeah, yeah. I tell people that <laughs> either, you know, even being an artist is, I mean, you can talk about like a fine artist and selling stuff in galleries and all that or being, you know, if you're really good, you have your stuff in a museum, right? Um, that's just not dead. interesting to me, right? Yo, yeah, exactly. Then you get your stuff in a museum after you're dead. But okay. that's, it's not interesting, right? It's like, because that's a limiting definition. And I like uh, ways to explain things that are more open. So I like mm-hmm. to talk to you about how art is about how you, you know, again, how you look at the world. You know, once you, if you're an artist, you usually take inspiration from everything you see around you, all your different experiences, and you put that into whatever you make, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, you're an art teacher, so <laughs> hopefully you have the same kind of. A good buddy of mine, John Mulhern, in the make community, does a blacksmithing, uh, woodworking. He does a, he's, he's, I would say, new to the community, like, as because he's a he's a fine artist himself too to begin with, um, right. mainly an oil painter, and he's an art educator and we taught together at a private school, and he, I love having conversations with him about this because basically back to being an art teacher like you said is one of our art forms is teaching kids metacognition right to think about what you're thinking about and that's teaching kids how to get to art and making and engineering is that process right there. So to be able to teach that well, right. Well, you know what I mean? Like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? There are some amazing artists that cannot teach, but you know, sure. Yeah. But like being able to teach kids how to you know think about what they're thinking about and, and communicating that, with their hands through a different medium of their choice, same idea, different concept. That's really powerful. Yeah. And that's the thing. It took me like 50 years to figure this out. And then I started a podcast so I could talk to people about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop talking about it. Um, And yeah, I mean, and so I never had, you know, I, I took all the art classes in high school and never really had like a really great inspiring art teacher. Um, you know, and then, unfortunately, <laughs> so, but I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of, you know, I've talked to different people about that and, hey. you know, not everybody has an inspiring art teacher in high school. Yeah. But look at that. You stuck with it. That's awesome. Because there are a well, lot of yeah. people. That, yeah. That's cool. It's like, I loved math, Dave. Mm-hmm. I love math, but a lot of my math teachers were just, it stinks. I probably would have been an engineer by now (laughs) yeah i would be like working for nasa yeah that's that's a big problem just of you know no you you can never have the best teacher for every subject for every kid it's you know i don't know how we would solve that problem that's probably definitely it's cool that you kept with it even though you didn't have that teacher is what i was saying 
Like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it took a long time. So it took like another, whatever, 30 years to actually do it because I, you know, I took time off and then I went back to school for graphic design and again, but that was, didn't really pan out to any sort of career or doing that. But you know, all those things I learned along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. built up to everything that I do now. So it just took, took a little while. You're right. So did you guys have, I mean, what do you feel like, what was your experience in our class? So uh, Priscilla, you went, you know, you're an art teacher now, so you must have all along the way probably had some sort of inspiration there. Um, yes, I actually hated school, so I missed a lot. Luke said we had class together, but I was hardly there. I did a lot of my, but I just told you I love math, so I loved school. I loved learning, mm-hmm. but I did not like school. I did not like the social aspect of it, right? Again, wait, okay. first of all, I told you I was homeschooled. Up until like fourth yes. grade. Then I was put All into right. public school. So let's read. I did not <laughs> enjoy public school. Okay. It was a whole sure. different way of being taught how to learn when I just came from home where I could learn however I wanted. So mm-hmm. I became an art teacher because I did have that main one uh, influence in high school, that art teacher who said, look, you're getting your ass to college. I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I'm one of nine. Okay. I'm number seven. She saw all the six sisters above me not go in that direction. And she said, I'm, you know, you're doing this and you're good at art. And so she sent me to all these amazing arts, uh, art academies, institutions. I went to SVA during the summers, college credit. She saw something in me and she, yeah. And, and she saw that she also sought to send me out places. So I wasn't at home and she knew like, I don't know what later I found though, later when I did get, um, I was finishing up my undergraduate degree, doing some art education studies. Like we had to go in school da da da, and I was fortunate enough to go in back into the school where I went and a couple of mm-hmm. my, our art mm-hmm. teachers there who actually came to our wedding, which is funny. Yeah. went oh, back wow. and said, yeah, Scylla, we uh, we actually did that on purpose. We knew what you were going through. We knew why you were not at school, so that's why we sent you there. And <laughs> but- also, that's why we sat you guys next to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, knew. we knew. We knew Luke was a great guy wow. and you were a troublemaker. <laughs> so, yeah, so they yeah. had to put Luke to get you to follow the rules. Yeah. And, and then they gave they gave me him so that he could, you know, get out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's perfect. That's cool. So one of the things you talked about a little bit was, you know, math and engineering and stuff. And one of the ideas I had was to go find, because I've had a bunch of teachers on. I had uh, Emily Joyce, so she's our art teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew Burke. I think you know him. He's friends with yes, John, so yes. you must know Burke. So he's theater teacher. And then I had I'm gonna talk talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Luke is an expiring teacher. We'll have to talk about that. But um, <laughs> and then I had uh, Andy Pulon, and he's a science teacher. Okay. Um, uh, he you teach physics, so I'm like I need to have like I'll get like everybody on and get a. So you know you have your steam right science technology engineering art and math. So I need to go find yeah. a, you know get a science teacher a shop teacher. Uh, you know, Nick I don't know what engineer, engineering's, yeah, yeah, Nick is, a, is one for sure. 
uh, in an art and a math teacher and have everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh, big, that would uh, be so fun. No, but no, we actually just talk about like how, how all these things are connected and how we, we like can, all you know, write our own chapter and then publish together. a book. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd actually be cool. <laughs> yeah. But but I think that would be really interesting to, you know, bring all those things back together because it's kind of isn't when we talk about that, we talk about like, you know, makers are everybody, they do every different kind of skill and every creative aspect. So all those different things are always in play, you know. Yeah. You I mean, use math. <laughs> it's all interconnected and you know, solving problems, you know. Uh, the title of your podcast, Making Problems to Solve, I love it because, you know, yeah, we do make our own problems a lot of times, but also are solving every problem that comes our way. And that's just life. But all the different ones, science, technology, you know, all those things definitely have a play into critical thinking. And uh, that's what we do in whatever discipline we're doing is think about it and figure out a solution to bring that end result to but life. That's actually a skill that taught or needs to be learned. I will say that I learned it a little throughout my young adult life, but it wasn't until college. I really learned like an art critique, proper, mm -hmm. formal. Mm -hmm. why, why am I asking these questions? Right. So then as I became an educator myself, our education, I started introducing critiques very early. There's something called visual thinking strategies that are implemented in the educational art programs and museums and other creative institutions. And they pose those conversations that get them started for um, young kids now, today. Not when I was growing up, there, that wasn't there. Um, but it's asking, you know, those questions when you look at an image, traditionally a, you know, Van Gogh Starry Night, like for little kids, you know, what do you mm -hmm. see? Uh, what makes you say that? What do you see that makes you say that? So, so that critical thinking skills and stuff, different things like that, you know, for some people, it doesn't come for a while. And some people are exposed to it earlier. Yeah, it's interesting that not everybody does get that critical thinking. And I think that that's one of the, I think one of the goals of, you know, relating all those different subjects back together and you know there's no reason why you can't even you know get everything in there you know english and whatever else uh other classes you have just gym class why not <laughs> mix mm -hmm. all those things together because the learning about all those different connections and how everything you know goes together is can can only help your critical thinking and you know just learning how to interact with the world and you know how mm -hmm. you learn that hand-eye coordination you know how to build those biceps to swing that hammer <laughs> you're learning physics <laughs> and the anatomy of the human body each muscle just kidding <laughs> sure. no, this is how you really taper <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes you have to think about what your muscles are doing when you're hitting the hammer yeah for sure. mindfulness yep <laughs> Mindful black, mindful blacksmithing. We'll have to. That'll be. Yeah, that's new, what. Uh, I, thank you for. That's what I was added toward. <laughs> Mindfulness blacksmith meditation class offered virtually by PL Smith <laughs> via <Yeah>. Zoom. <laughs> I don't know. I bet you a lot of blacksmiths would probably be like, uh, "This is how I meditate: hitting things." You know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I was that's meditating it. for so long. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. Now, one of the other things I think that all this, you know, problem solving and creativity and stuff is that it builds like confidence, right? So once you learn and teach yourself one new thing, um, when you learn that skill, it gives you confidence to try the next thing. And, you know, it, it seems to just build upon itself. And a lot of people I talk to seem to agree with that, but you know, so you build those experiences. Or maybe I wanted to pose the question that maybe some, for some people, it doesn't build confidence. It maybe they become discouraged in thinking like, I made this one great thing this one time, but you know what? I'm actually not even good at that. You know, it was just a one hit wonder. And then they're like, oh, okay, I better go try this other thing. I'll try that. You know, okay, I'm doing woodworking now. Metal didn't work out. You know what? Actually, and some people can take it in a negative way. Maybe it doesn't build confidence. I would say it builds perseverance, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But for some people, I don't know. I think when it comes to problem solving, everybody's different. Um, but in my experience, it can sometimes part of the process of making is, you know, struggling with that confidence. But if you fail at something and you feel discouraged, you know, you could step into that next thing and then you feel good about that. And maybe that would inspire the confidence to go back to that other thing. You know, it's all, you know, everything just happens for a reason. And as you go down the path of life and the experiences you go through, things can come back and, you know, you never know what's going to catch. It could be still out there for you and it'll happen. And we might You'll see Luke in the PGA tour. Yeah. That's why <laughs> right. you haven't seen me on yes. Instagram. I've been practicing really hard. <laughs> practicing golf. You're building your, uh, your, he's not, your yeah, golf. he's not, build, yeah. he's not building a shop. He's really building a green. <laughs> behind yeah, our house right. it's just a golf yep. <laughs> no, no we're slowly working on building out a shop and we've been talking recently about too i think it from making the move from long island to upstate new york it's getting back to our roots number one we're both from syracuse you know upstate more rural than long island for sure and moving up here we have more space and we're hoping to build a new shop like an actual building on the property that's a dedicated mm -hmm. shop and art studio hopefully and art studio day. right of course yeah yeah we're thinking yeah it would be a whole peel smith shop and we've even been talking to a lot of our friends in the community about how can we make this a group you know head should it head that way and at some point like an electrician you know someone who knows more about um like a contractor you know everyone that has their little um niche what they're a little bit better at to provide their resource and helping us in our journey mm -hmm. so we could have mm -hmm. a little maker camp and people <laughs> people could come camp out in our backyard and in the morning we all have coffee and we get to timber in ing <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah that's something that's not possible <laughs> we're, we're not taking yeah. anything away from the blackthorn but definitely oh, no. Maker event group. We could say hanging out. Yeah, to make her hang out. I definitely say for anybody listening that has experience going through that, having a shop built. Yes, please message us. And let us know. You know, we'd love to hear just 
your story about it, like how you went about it and all that type of stuff. But it's exciting, scary, uh, all the emotions, you know, with just the adventure we're going on right now. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like an amazing adventure and uh, I'm sure everybody will be uh, looking forward to see like where it goes next. That's yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely yeah. cool. aside from all that stuff. I mean, we always look forward to the events happening at the Blackthorn and you know, that's where you, Dave and us have grown a relationship and with many others. And it's just such an awesome time and a great experience to get up there and, learn a new skill you know they have the blacksmithing events which i know maker camp and the whole i guess energy around the blackthorn seems to be very blacksmith metalworking oriented but mm-hmm. you know austin has the timber and where you can learn to make you know a timber frame and learn the joinery that goes in with that and then now this upcoming winter they're offering different classes like an epoxy class leather working all that type of stuff so you yeah. know for those of you that have never gone to the Blackthorn or, you know, been on the fence of going, go. It will change your life and just, you know, expose you to some amazing people and amazing memories. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's a magical place like you talked about. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely changed my life. Uh, and Austin is building that, you know, community. It's He's got mm-hmm. some skill there to do that it's kind of funny because some people might associate maker camp with uh jimmy deresta but it's really austin mm. is the person who makes it happen and you yeah. know it's just you know more and more and more i think people are realizing that and you know giving him you know the credit for making that event so special yeah i mean definitely having jimmy on his side from the beginning was a huge help mm-hmm. in in getting its name out there um yeah but yeah, I mean, Jimmy has made that clear too. how, you know, he's kind of taken the reins back and Austin's just running with it. And I think it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. The new, the new makerspace that they built, uh, you know, for having indoor classes mm-hmm. during the winter is going to be really cool to see where that goes. Yeah. We look forward to seeing a lot of you there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's about an hour. I think, uh, it's a great conversation with you guys. Uh, where can everybody find the stuff you're working on? Everything. Just search PL Smith, P L S M I T H E D. A lot of people think it's PL Smith, but there's an ED at the right. end. PL Smith. Yeah. You can find our work that we do together there. Um, Instagram, if- YouTube. Um, we have our website. Those are the main ones. If you want to see more of my artwork, uh, my handle is Priscilla Palmieri, P-A-L-M-I-E-R-I. That's my fine work where I share actually more of inside of our home life. Mm-hmm. So you can find that there, um, parenthood and the 2D mainly, right? Like drawing, painting, things like that. We also have our other Instagram, which is and they make. So that's the online community we were talking about earlier in our conversation. And we love to have people shown on there. Like Dave was saying, I say Dave, like we're talking to the audience. So we are, oh, but I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you were saying, um, we showcase different makers of all sorts, you know, any type of background to be featured on there. So if you're interested on 
interested in being a feature and having a little bio of yourself shown, send us a message and we'll be happy to put you up there so that others can find you. And if you don't get a response from and they make Instagram, go to the PL Smith Instagram. If they don't answer you, go to the Priscilla Palmieri Instagram. If, no. if they don't answer <laughs> you, Priscilla's phone is dead. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. For no, sure. Thank you so much, right. Dave. Ah, thank you guys. And I want to thank uh, the patrons who help out with the show. Uh, top patrons, uh, Matt, Artigiano Osario, and Ed Johns. And special thanks to my newest patrons, who I think signed up during this recording, Luke and Priscilla from PL Smith. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making problems to solve. And you'll get access to the after show where we'll have a little bit more of a chat with the guests. Uh, you can also share the show with your friend or review it on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find the more about the show on Making Problems to Solve on Instagram. And find me at Dave Bauer Art on Instagram. Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great to talk. <laughs>